What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting greedy podcast here. Been seeing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. It's Friday, December 23rd, and oh man, the people need us this week, boys. They need their help. Actually, although really, do you need help? If you've made it this far, like does your lineup really need help? Do you probably know who you're playing, but nevertheless. You're here to listen to some good stuff for the week 16 preview show. Joining me to preview a week where, oh, the people want us to talk about weather. Oh, my God. I I don't want to talk about weather. I don't want to talk about any of that nonsense. I want to talk about great players and great games, and I want to do it with my guys Dalton Del Don and Scott Pianowski. Scott, weather tilt. It's in full effect. Uh, I don't know how to deal with the weather. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm not a professional. But how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah, weather tilt and quarterback tilt in a season where it's been so hard to find reliable quarterbacks. Look at all the teams who are playing second string, third string. What the heck? Let's just start this guy quarterbacks this week. So it's going to be a week where you have to do your diligence. Yeah, obviously you have to pound the injury report. Make sure your guys are good to go. You have to take an eye towards the weather. If nothing else, I mean, at least put your kickers into good spots. I'll talk about that later. We're bringing you kicker data today. Oh, boy. But um I've never remember a year where it used to be like every year we'd have four or five teams you needed to stay away from. I feel like this year it's like 10 to 12 teams. It's like, ah, I don't really trust that offense. Oh, man. Yeah, the the Jalen Hurts thing. In one league, I'm losing Jalen Hurts. But in another league, I'm going against somebody that has Jalen Hurts. It's like giveth and taketh the fantasy football gods. Dalton, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. We're getting closer to the finish line. I'm in one semifinal league with Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Taylor, so that's not Oof. ideal. Um, it's also super flex and missing Mike White, and I got a, a tiny bit of salary tied up to, to Trey Lance in that one, too. But anyway, let's talk some football. Week 16, weather really is an issue. That, I mean, we don't like to overblow it, but wind really matters, and there's a, specifically a game in Cleveland that, uh, I mean, I haven't seen an over, over-under 31 points in, in recent memory or maybe any memory so i have to talk about it a little but uh yeah it's the fantasy playoffs so let's get to it yeah let's get right into it we're going to preview the games in order of the vegas over under not including sunday night and monday night we will do those at the end as always um it's going to get gross in a hurry here a lot of low over unders we'll get right into it let's start though with packers at dolphins uh it, it, scott i'm going to go to you on this one because dalton and i 
talked about Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Uh, Dalton officially uh, red-pilled me on Aaron Rodgers this week, uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. But let's talk about, in this game, with a 50-point over-under, Scott, how are we feeling about the Green Bay receiver core? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, this is kind of some low-hanging fruit, but I would still play Christian Watson. I know the last time we saw him, it was a Monday night game. He was on a different page with Aaron Rodgers. If he read a hand signal right, he'd have another touchdown. But let's not forget he had seven touchdowns of the four previous games. This is one game that seems insulated from weather. You know, Miami shouldn't be a problem. So, and Aaron Rodgers, he's been hit or miss this year, but I, I think maybe we'll get a better performance from him since it's a standalone game. It's really the one game on Christmas that looks watchable on that three-game Christmas slate. So just don't – yeah, I know Lazard's back. I, I know the pass catching is a little bit more crowded now, but I still think Christian Watson is, uh, I don't know, 40% to score a touchdown. will lead this team in targets. That might mean six to eight targets. I'd like to see a little bit more involvement, and he's was averaging almost 19 yards a catch over the last month. In fact, if you prorated his stats over the last five weeks, we'd be looking at a 1,200-yard season. So it's not just the touchdowns. He's actually getting plenty of volume. I think if you have Watson, you probably were already good starting him, but I'll just give you that little extra shove towards the finish line. Yeah, I think you're right, Scott. I feel really good about Christian Watson, who I've got on a playoff team. I'm going to definitely be rolling him out there this week. And, you know, you're so right to say that maybe a few weeks ago, definitely like a month and a half ago, uh, this looked like another disgusting Christmas game where like, oh, man, the Packers are going to get boat raced by the Dolphins. Maybe that happens. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in the Packers defense to to correctly play or like diagnose the the weak points in the Dolphins offense as some of these other great coaching staffs like with the Chargers and Brandon Staley and the 49ers obviously we D'Amico Ryans have done don't trust that but the Packers are fighting for their playoff lives they've at least got themselves believing that they can get this in here and like with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs together on the field and obviously Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb as well like they, they've started to get something together there on offense but Dalton we talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers uh, yesterday I, I know you're still calling for a big uh, Rodgers performance a guy who hasn't gone over 300 yards at any point this year which feels crazy yeah the winner of the last two mvps hasn't been a inside a top 10 fantasy qb finish in any week this year um, but that changes this week dolphins allowing the second most fantasy points to qbs opponents have the second highest pass rate when playing in miami finally has a healthy watson lazard and, and dobbs together so in a matchup with one of the highest totals of the weekend I'm saying Rodgers puts up a top five fantasy QB performance. And then quickly, if Jeff Wilson sits and it remains unclear right now, I would move Raheem Mostert as high as my RB number eight this week in this matchup. So clearly something to pay attention to Wilson's status. Yeah, he's probably the only one that we have any question about, right? Because uh, he, he definitely has a really high ceiling in this spot against the Green Bay run defense. Um, yeah, I, I definitely settled. I'm with you that I settled on um, Rodgers being my like top, because he got dropped in plenty of leagues and I know all I think everybody at one point on this podcast advocated for just going ahead and dropping Aaron Rodgers like not thinking about the the name but if he's out there on a waiver wire still didn't get picked up in the waiver run with like Minshew or whatever I think I prefer him as my top uh, pickup to replace Jalen Hurts Scott or do you agree with Dalton and I on that one? I do. I also co-signed the Moster call. Uh, the Packers are 32nd in rush DVOA and I did some research there are 32 teams in the NFL so that's dead last. This was supposed to be a strength of the Packers, right? We thought yeah. they were going to be competitive this year because maybe the defense had overtaken the offense. Instead, they're both kind of lousy units. But Raheem Mostert coming off one of his better games of the year. He ran really well against the Buffalo defense we respect. Now he should run really well against the Green Bay defense that we do not respect. 
Scott, you quote DVOA. You feel you feel this is a safe space to, to quote DVOA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not every football analyst uh, is in, into DVOA. Only like ninety percent of them. But uh, I'll throw it out there. Hopefully, you guys won't bite my head off. Hey, uh, this this is a safe space for you to go ahead and quote DVOA. So we're okay with that here. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm excited about this game from a fantasy perspective. I'm excited for this to be the 10 a.m. the early uh, showing, uh, where my in-laws won't be at the house yet be making brunch a little bit watching this game excited to be dialed in and then you know all the olds will get here in the middle of the game we'll put or the middle of the day on christmas we'll put them all to sleep with uh rams and broncos there yeah shout out to lord podcast by the way arranging the slate in order of over unders high to low was genius you know so we just didn't have to get into the some of the gross games until the end we, we are so stupid punchy and silly we are so stupid john and i on this podcast i'm like you know, I'm like, we should, and my, my, my dumbass peak of all the stupid, I'm like, let, we should arrange these every week in order of fantasy juice. Um, and then I just stopped doing that midway through. And, and then we just had a random order. I'm like, why would I not, like, why would I not just think to do it by over-unders and just save everybody the, the, the work along the way? What an idiot. What a terrible podcast host. But let's move along here. Let's keep it going with another fun game, a 49 point over-under here. Seahawks at Chiefs. Um, Dalton. There's no Tyler Lockett in this game. So uh, I love how you just simply have DK Metcalf with the rocket emoji on the outline. Noah Fant's banged up. Kenneth Walker's banged up. They're facing a KC team. They're going to be playing behind. They have the fourth highest pass rate against Kansas City. Opponents are averaging more than 36 pass attempts. Uh, Metcalf's target rate has jumped 31% in his career with Lockett off the field. This is a Chiefs defense allowing 30 pass touchdowns, five more than the next worst. They allowed Russell Wilson to throw for three scores last time he was on the field. So, yeah, just a, a terrific matchup, almost too good to be true for Metcalf. Uh, he's, his salary is outside the top five in Yahoo among wide receivers this week, too, in DFS. So, yeah, uh, a rocket emoji for, for Metcalf for sure. You know, we were talking about the Pro Bowl uh, before we got on here and uh, how I believe the Pro Bowl has been reval revalidated uh, since the voters showed that they know ball because they got Terry McLaurin that last NFC spot. I'm kind of surprised that actually because mostly it's a popularity contest that DK Metcalf, because he's had 924 yards and six touchdowns and he's a bigger name than a guy like Terry McLaurin or even Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think is the most like if you want to put somebody in there that didn't get in there, I think St. Brown's actually the answer, but I'm a little surprised Metcalf actually didn't end up making that fourth spot because he and Tyler Lockett have been so productive uh, without uh, Russell Wilson, obviously involved in the Seattle Seahawks this season. But yeah, I think Metcalf could really put a big statement game here. Any love for, for Marquise Goodwin uh, as like a deeper sleeper play? Absolutely. Sure. Like I said, they're gonna have to pass a lot in this game and both teams rank top 10 or 11, whatever. If I, I, I fibbed a little there, but top 11 in pace in neutral situations. So it should be a ton of plays in this game. They'll be playing from behind theoretically. So absolutely. Goodwin is a is a flex option in this matchup, especially. And I will say, will Disley also if Fant sits and, and if Fant plays then maybe you look at a mix there. But man, Disley looks like a total minimum punt in DFS if Fant and Lockett are both out of this game. Scott, we talked a lot about Jarrett McKinnon uh, on the recap pod this week and just how awesome he's been. I feel like we're 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 set to get another good run out for McKinnon this week. Yes, yeah, is mostly just a rehash of what we've been talking about and writing about Jarrett McKinnon. Not one of the running back ones. He's been running back one in back to back weeks, and now he gets a Seattle defense that's fallen apart. Look, Pacheco is the early down grinder, but he's also had a fumbling issue lately. It's obvious they trust McKinnon more in passing situations. They trust him more as a pass blocker. They trust him more in the passing game. 
And his his expert consensus rank is running back 20. It's not because of us. We're not at fault here with McKinnon. We all have him in the teens. For some reason, Andy Barons, who's just a obviously a McKinnon hater, has him running back 32. So I don't know if Barons is the egg dog. Oh, wow. I, what, what's he doing, man? I that's you know, I, I think Andy should be called out, you know, maybe put on a one-day suspension for that ranking. But uh, although his seasonal rankings are probably better than mine this year, but whatever. And he got Josh Jacobs right, which is probably the most important thing you could have done on a football field this year for fantasy. But Jarek McKinnon is in the circle of trust. And I wonder if you, you would play Pacheco too. You think the game script should favor Pacheco. The last week it didn't hurt McKinnon at all. And Texans were surprisingly competitive. But I'm a little bit nervous that if Pacheco puts the ball on the ground one more time, he could maybe be put on fumble timeout. But no trust concerns with McKinnon. He's easily, the only teams I want to see resting McKinnon this week is if you you got like Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook or something like that, like Charles Robinson has in our Super League going up against me. Um, it's fun. I was talking to my friend, Sarah Sanchez. She's in a semifinal league and she's like, Oh, I got Henry and cook. I'm like, Oh, that's really good. Um, yeah. I hope those guys go off for you. And I came back the next day. I'm like, ah, I'm playing against those guys. We have to thread the needle here. They have to play well enough for you to win, but poorly enough that I actually, I can win my game too. Um, so I, I'm a little bit conflicted on that, but Jarek McKinnon, man, I would be firing him up anywhere I can. I still think the prop market has been slow to adjust to him. I think a receiving prop ticket on McKinnon would make a lot of sense too. Uh, you can sort the fantasy pros rankers and Barron's is the fifth lowest in McKinnon this week among all the uh, all the fantasy pros. I, man, what a hater. Man, this guy's killing it. Second most yards per touch in the league. The best offense in the league. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire still out. What a hater. What a un, un, egregious situation there by Andy Barron's. What a scandal, honestly, uh, if we really <laughs> want to be serious about it. Hey, anything on the KC pass catchers this, in this one from either one of you guys? Just, uh, you know, for people, if they're, they got Juju on their team, whatever, any expectations there? Fire up Juju. He's quietly really been seeing nice targets. If you just take away that little two-game stretch where he was dealing with an injury. So I think he's become a weekly must start on an offense that leads the league in the most yards per play, EPA per play and points per game. Um, but then it may get a bit crowded when Tony's return. So I don't, I mean, it's not really ideal after that Juju for sure. And then it just kind of comes to your team. I'd really not want to rely on any of the others in my fantasy playoffs. Yeah, it's possible they may get Harvin back, which complicates things. I mean, Him too. Patrick Mahomes is the right now the MVP elect with Jalen Hurts getting hurt. And yet there hasn't been a lot of pass catchers going along with the ride. Travis, I will say that since, since we mentioned Kelsey in passing, uh, he's the second player listed on the Yahoo MVPs after Josh Jacobs. I, I did an article on that a couple days ago. Very therapeutic for me because I didn't draft almost any of these guys. I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl and drafted into almost nothing on their offense, which is really friggin' bright. But uh, Kelsey's number two on that MVP list, which is pumped up this idea that we should get rid of the tight end position next year because the difference between Kelsey and tight end two is the same as the difference between tight end two and tight end 47. I realize that's absurd. Tight end is usually top heavy. It's just unusually so this year. Don't get rid of the tight end position. And I think we're going to have some great discussions next year about what to do with Kelsey because he's entering his age 34 season. That's a danger zone for any player, especially a tight end. But he's dominated the position so well. He's been the one or two tight end in seven straight seasons. So he'll be a fun flashpoint next year. But don't make your game easier by getting rid of tight end. Make your game harder. Make your You, know, you have to go through the pain and the emotional turmoil of trying to pick up a garbage tight end every week. Just praying for 50 yards, praying he'll do what like Okonkwo does every week or he'll get a flipper on the goal line. It'll be one of the weeks that Juwan Johnson scores or something like that. That's what the true fantasy experience is supposed to be. 
I am desperately hoping, Scott, that uh, Dawson Knox is is going to keep it, keep it hot oh, here. Yeah, your boy, your boy Knox, yeah, my boy Dawson Knox. I'm officially Knox over Dulcich in my great debate uh, every single week in this in, in these two teams. I, I will be firing up a Dulcich prop as soon as we get done from this podcast. I know your your consistency in getting that wrong has been remarkable. It's stunning. It's the thing you can set your watch by me getting this wrong. But I'm hoping that uh, Knox is like a guy that delivers the rest of the way just uh, just for my own sanity. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. I'm sure Giants at Vikings next game up here. Scott, your boy, Darius Slayton. Can we trust him in this matchup? Yeah, I think Dalton and I are on the same page here. We're going to attack this Vikings secondary, one of the five worst in the league. And think of some of the teams that have thrown for over 300, right? Teddy Bridgewater did it. Mac Jones, who I'm convinced can't play in the NFL. He's like his upside is like quarterback 23 or something like that. He looked like a Manning brother against the Vikings. You know, Hertz went for over 300 against them. Kyler Murray hasn't had a great season over 300. Jared Goff, who maybe I shouldn't say bad things about the Lions, have a pretty good team right now. Now Slayton. Look, 10.2 yards per target. I like that. He averages about 15 and a half yards per catch. The problem is they don't score a ton of touchdowns. He only has two. And um, so you have to deal with that. But I would think Minnesota is going to be, I said in my article today with the sleeper article, I said, look, the people in Minnesota are like the friendliest people in the country. And I think that the Vikings secondary has taken on that ethos. You know, they're not here to rough you up. They're not here to hit you late. (laughs) And they're not here to really get in your way. They're, They're here to escort you. And um, I like that Dalton's going to give us some some Daniel Jones prop, pub in a minute. Daniel Jones is quarterback 11 this year. Where the heck did that come from? Slayton's a deeper league play. If you're an 8-team or a 10-teamer, you should have better receivers than Slayton. But if you're weathered out from one of your receivers, maybe you lost Lockett or you know, maybe another injury is coming to play. I, I think Slayton's somewhere between wide receiver 28 and 35 this week, which makes him quasi-playable. Dalton, uh, Danny Dimes, uh, the the rushing bonus is usually what we're looking for out of Dimes as a fantasy player, but uh, the passing opportunity should be there this week. Yeah, his schedule has been incredibly tough recently at Dallas, Washington, Philadelphia, at Washington again, and now he goes indoors, Minnesota defense allowing the second highest YPA, second most passing yards, I think six most fantasy points. So he'll get it done on the ground and hopefully more passing this week. I agree. I like Slayton as a, as a strong flex play. And uh, just game script. Minnesota should put up points on the other side of the ball. And they're pretty good against opposing backs, too. So I like the setup here for, for Danny Dimes quite a bit and treating him and ranking him as a top 10 fantasy QB. Am I getting too cute uh, by thinking we can potentially look for another big game out of K.J. Osborne here? Uh, he had, like, the game of his life, obviously, against the Colts in that comeback effort. You know, he's he's an interesting player. He's very athletic. He can definitely get open, but he's a, kind of a sloppy player, a little bit of a mistake-prone player as a route runner and uh, as a catcher, too, which, by the way, pretty two important uh, parts of playing the wide receiver position. But uh, the the Vikings, uh, they, they obviously can – they're decent offense. They're pretty efficient. Uh, and the Giants – They've been certainly giving it up there. Even a couple of big plays, obviously, to Jahan Dotson, to Terry McLaurin, even to Curtis Samuel down the sideline against the Washington football team. I feel like, look, you got to be pretty desperate, obviously, if you're in just like a fantasy football championship push here to be playing KJ Osborne. But DFS perspective, prop betting perspective, uh, either of you guys, Scott, you think that's a little too little too cute, a little too chasey to think uh, KJ Osborne can sort of kind of dial it back? 
I don't know what to do with him. 16 targets last week. Thielen only had four, although the, they both scored touchdowns. Obviously, that game script was highly unusual. You don't get behind by 33 points every day. But if you ever do, just hope it's against a Matt Ryan team because you have a puncher's chance to come back. I don't know why Matt Ryan played such lousy defense in the second half. Poor guy. Might be his last NFL start. He I goes know. Down, he goes down as the worst Super Bowl comeback in all, you know, the worst Super Bowl choke of all Rude. time, the worst regular season choke of all time on Matt Ryan's watch. And this is a guy who won an MVP. He, he won't be a Hall of Famer, but he's, you know, kind of on the borderline of the Hall of Fame. I feel a little bit bad for Matt Ryan. I, I don't know how to reconcile those targets. I have Osborne in the low 40s on my receiver board. So again, if you were really hit by the injury bug, you just have all the wrong guys getting hurt or maybe somebody gets downgraded. Remember, Thursday is basically the Friday this week with so many teams playing on Saturday. So make sure you grind it out all those Thursday reports. We, we don't have a lot of them as we're taping right now, but you could consider Osborne. I don't consider him a proactive play. He would be somebody I would play reactively if my roster forced me into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the fifth option on Minnesota. I wouldn't chase last week's stats when it was so weird being down 33 nothing, just forced Cousins to throw a ton. Now, I wouldn't fault you for playing Osborne over Thielen. I mean, frankly, he looks like the better player now. But no, I think this game script sets up better for a nice Dalvin Cook game. Uh, one thing interesting to point out, I've heard people uh, mention that uh, Cook has really struggled and, and the Vikings in general at running the ball since the trade for Hawkinson. But that also coincided with a crazy tough schedule. Washington, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, the Jets, the Lions, the toughest team against a run. And then Surging last, Detroit Lions, And then yes. last, last week, Cook was the number two fantasy back when he got an easier matchup. So no to Osborne just because I, you know, I see him fifth in the pecking order this week in a game that the Vikings likely control and play, play with the lead mostly, unlike last week. Let's also give Minnesota some props. In a year where tight end has been gross, they acquired TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the season. And a lot of times when a pass catcher changes teams middle of the season, they never really look comfortable. TJ Hawkinson's played better with the Vikings than he has with the Lions. And the Lions are a pretty good offense this year. So I, for all the things that Cousins hasn't done right, I mean, he's got the worst metrics of his career. This is, you could argue this is the worst season of his career despite Justin Jefferson going to the moon. They have gotten Hawkinson involved in this offense, so they get credit for that. Yeah. They certainly get credit for that. All right. Eagles at Cowboys. Of course, the big question in this game is what will Gardner Minshew do in the absence of Jalen Hurts? Scott, what do we think? Yeah, for once, it's nice to go to a backup quarterback that we have a little bit of faith in. And so I put in the script, um, you guys probably have no idea what this means. I said Minshew PBI 85%. PBI is the PL backup index, which is an unscientific percentage of how much efficiency an offense should retain when the backup quarterback is playing. So I'm giving Minshew 85. I'm saying the Eagles are about 85% as good on offense with Minshew. Now, remember last year, Dallas Goddard's best game of the season was a Gardner-Minshew game against the Jets, caught a couple of touchdowns. The offense will be shaped differently. There won't be as many proactive runs. Maybe that helps the touchdown equity for Miles Sanders, although he scored plenty of touchdowns anyway. But all the main takeaway, this is pretty obvious. I think you're going to get this from any fantasy analyst, but... Any eagle you're going to play anyway, other than Hurts, of course, I, I you know, you're going to play A.J. Brown, of course. But if you're waffling on Goddard or, or Smith or Sanders, I, I play all of them. And Minshew, if you don't have Hurts or if you don't like some of your, your quarterbacks in bad matchups, bad weather, whatever, I think Minshew, the wide range of outcomes, he could easily score seven or eight points. But I think he'll probably be somewhere in like the 16 to 18 point range. It's such a... Uh, it's such a safe landing spot, right? I mean, he's yeah. it's much like much like in San Francisco where Brock Purdy has landed in this you know this new SUV with all with all the trimmings on it. I, I feel like that's what the Eagles' offense is: great offensive line, outstanding pass catchers. They just got their tight end back, and they have a proactive running game. So, I'm, I think Minshew has a good game, and I think your Eagles that you were going to play anyway. I still think you start them confidently, and I didn't 
make any major adjustments to the, I know they're getting five and a half points. It's a hard game to figure out motivation wise. What does Philly do, right? You can't send everybody to Aruba for a month. You'll be incredibly rusty, but you don't want to get guys hurt in games that you don't need. So that's a little bit of an X factor here. And and the line is kind of funny. I don't know how Dalton picked the game this week, but uh, I am going to be proactive with the Eagles offense. And I'm excited to see Minshew play. He's not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the MVP until like 15 minutes ago. But I think Minshew is a good quarterback. I think he should be starting somewhere. It's pretty wild. Number one, I agree with you. I, I want to see, by the way, we need the PBI. We need that published, the P&L backup index. <laughs> we need that published and regularly updated on the site every week. Like what your confidence level on every back. Seriously, though, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like we, that actually would be useful, Scott. It was awesome. Somebody went on Wikipedia when I first came out with the PBI, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, whatever. And the uh, PBI stands for a bunch of different things, like real things. And somebody threw out th- P&L backup index and unscientific percentage that tells you how efficient an offense will be with the backup quarterback playing. And, you know, it stayed on Wikipedia for, I don't know, 15 minutes until somebody <laughs> took it off. But um, so, you know, the, the PBI, the people have responded to the PBI in the past. And I hope it comes through for you here with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I'm saying. We need that. We need that updated because there's been a lot of backup quarterbacks that are playing. A lot of goof. There's a lot, a lot of, of low PBI. A lot of low PBI. I go to Taylor, uh, Trace McSorley, very low PBI. Oh, man. Yeah, that one's been just ticking down. You know, go to uh, what's what's the PBI index though, between Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy? Now I'm curious. That's a good one. Um, maybe I'll let you think. Seven. I'll let you think on it and then we'll Seven, get to 75, it. 75 to 80%, something in that range. Okay, well, we'll get to that but game. But that's later. only because Murray Murray's really lost my confidence. Mur- I don't think Murray's had a good season at all. And I don't want to kick a guy when he's down. He's not here to defend himself. But I didn't feel that much worse with the Arizona. It's just, man, there's a team that's just ready for the golf course, man. Yeah, There could 100%. be golf clubs on the Arizona sideline. Look look for those when, when they play Sunday, 100%. I guess it is, right? Uh, yeah, no, we can, uh, we can, we're going to get your uh, PBI takes throughout the, throughout the pod now, because uh, I like, I like this a lot. Um, Dalton, Eagles here. Um, look, there's a couple of good spots for guys uh, like Devonte Smith, I think has a great run out as the right wide receiver um, going against like, you know, the, the, there's like the where's Waldo is Kelvin Joseph right now on the, on the uh, Cowboys defense. Like that guy's out there. We're going to go attack him. The Jaguars did it relentlessly last week. I feel like Devonte Smith's going to run a lot of routes in that direction. That could be a good spot for Minshew to get it going here, but Talk to us about Miles Sanders in this game. Well, first of all, it's funny you just brought up Smith because as we're talking, I just moved him up to my 12th receiver of the week because I totally agree with you. I mean, Dallas Goddard will add some additional competition, but he no longer has a quarterback who's going to run double-digit times. And Cowboys have been getting destroyed by opponents wide receiver two. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just such a nice setup for for Smith this week. Miles Sanders uh, or nor any other running back on the Eagles received a carry until two minutes and 49 seconds was left in the first half last week against a Bears team that opponents have by far the highest run rate on this season. But uh, I didn't use them in DFS or anything like that. I mean, just absolutely bizarre usage from Sanders. He'll likely get more carries now with Hertz. So I think Hertz is top three in carries inside the five. So this could help his touchdown equity this week. May even see a few more targets too. Uh, Cowboys allowing the third fewest fantasy points to running backs, but they're averaging 104 rushing yards. So it'd be a nice, nice little setup here for Sanders. I'd say it's actually boosts his fantasy value with Hertz, unfortunately sitting this one out. Yeah. I think that's the interesting part of it. You mentioned like the, the fantasy numbers aren't great uh, in terms of like 
running backs against uh, Dallas. It doesn't look like a spot that you can attack, but you watch them play like especially like particular types of runs too, uh, like anything that involves misdirection, stuff like that. Um, they're, they they overplay that. They're very they're a very aggressive unit. Like when Green Bay paid, played them exactly. you know, about a month ago or something like that, they really got sliced up there. Uh, so I think that's something that you could potentially look at. Um, just if you look just since week 12, Dallas is like 16th in rushing success rate uh, allowed. If you so that's it might be an exploitable spot for Sanders. And you're right to point out the touchdown equity is obviously going to be up with Jalen Hurts out as well. I like Minshew. I want to second you guys. I, I'm, I'm in on Minshew. Treat him has startable this week for sure. Absolutely capable replacement. He's going to move the, the ball for sure. I, I like the Eagles and the points and what should be a competitive game. Yeah, and I say this as somebody who is going to replace Hertz with Minshew, most likely, uh, just based on the waiver wire when out how how that rolled out. I'm not expecting like a 30 point hammer. Like Jalen Hurts has literally been just dropping those left and right all year long. But I think you can get a good solid like 18 to 20 out of Minshew at a at a bare minimum. I think it feels pretty right against this. Uh, and it's just such. A, you're right, Scott. It's such a good ecosystem. I'm not sure. What's better, and if you're looking at like Brock Purdy in San Francisco or or Minshew in Philly, but like the line is well set up, the weapons are there, the play calling's good. Shane Steichen's going to be a head coach most likely next year, their offensive coordinator. So, a um, lot of good stuff there for Minshew to walk into. Let's move to the next game here. The Lions have come up at least 55 times on the show so far. Let's talk about them. They're going to Carolina. They're two-and-a-half-point road favorites. Um, Scott, let's spin that wheel with DeAndre Swift, baby. We mostly know what we're getting with the Lions offense, except DeAndre Swift's carries. Yeah, at least the usage has trended up in the last three weeks. He had the 18 touches against Jacksonville, nine touches against Minnesota, and then he gets 13 against the Jets. And he's getting more involved in the passing game. He has what is it, 27 targets the last four weeks and 16 catches. So I, I think I feel confident for the first time in a while that he's going to get double-digit touches in this game. It'll probably get three to five catches. Carolina, probably a neutral matchup, a game that weather may be a little bit chilly there, but it won't be a prohibitive factor. You know, look, the Lions have, talk about ecosystems, right? Infrastructure we trust, a really good offensive line. Jared Goff has been consistent all year. And the tree, the usage isn't really that splintered, right? I mean, they obviously have St. Brown. He's a great slot receiver. Williams is your touchdown equity guy. Occasionally, they sprinkle some work to a third running back, but not that much. Goff doesn't run that much. They haven't had a tight end consistently emerge since they traded Hawkinson. Jameson Williams is still just a, a part-time player, and I think that's wise given the injury he's coming off. You know, don't want to give him too much to chew on right now. So for the first time in a while, I look at Swift. You're, you're not dreaming of those 18 touches he had against Jacksonville. I think that that's not going to happen. But will he get somewhere between 10 and 14 touches? I feel pretty good about that. Probably half of those touches in the passing game. So you, you pile up some PPR points. I give him maybe a 35% chance at a touchdown. This sounds like a lower end running back two or maybe a higher end flex play. That's the highest I've been on Swift probably in about two months. Yeah, that feels fair to me. Dalton, um, we talked a lot about the precarious spot that the Panthers running backs, particularly Dante Foreman, uh, is in this week. But uh, what about the passing game? Is there anyone uh, you're, you're ready to drop the rocket ship emoji on? I am. DJ Moore totally in on this week. His He has a 68% slot rate with Sam Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold took uh, back Ooh, took I love that. quarterback. 68%. And guess which team allows the most fantasy points to the slot this season? That is the Lions, who have also become literally the toughest team to run the ball against. So should be a nice setup for DJ Moore here. Uh, fire him up in your fantasy playoffs. 
Hey, I love that. Uh, that's I need that. One. I need it. I need GJ more, man. So I'm, you know, that that goes south on me. I'm coming to you, Dalton, because right, uh, from your it. words to, to my roster to God's ears. Hey, when has when is relying on DJ Moore this year ever gone wrong? Yeah, you're right. I know. I know. I thought the rocket ship was a little bit too far, though. I I don't, I don't know. He's played well enough. That he deserves a rocket ship. Is there something like? You know, skipping, skipping over, uh, you know, playing hopscotch or something. I don't no, know. I don't think he's going to... This week, he deserves it, is what I'm saying. But I think yeah, he's going to the moon. I think he's he's maybe climbing up the tree. You know, he's going to make it to the treehouse this week. Yeah, how many points like can Carolina score? That's fair. <laughs> I mean, these are all very fair questions. I, yeah. I I love the dissecting of the emoji use. That's that's when you know we've really gotten to high level fantasy analysis here. Not a lot of high-level offense going on with the New England Patriots. They get the Bengals in New England this week, 41-and-a-half over-under. Uh, it's a tough spot for Joe Mixon, Dalton. Yeah, the Patriots are allowing the fewest yards per play at home this season, the second-fewest fantasy points to running backs. NFL low six rushing scored. Um, Mixon's yards from scrimmage basically is cut in half when on the road this season. Um, and yeah, it's just not a great setup there for Mixon, who frankly doesn't quite look as good as Samaj P. Ryan these days. Right. And he's lost a bunch of carries to him last week too. So, um, yeah, you're going to start him and the targets have been there for Mixon, but you know, expect more like top 20 ish type production from him in this matchup. It's not ideal in your fantasy playoffs. Scott, the Patriots are so uh, nauseating that you have a kicker note on the outline. Yeah, I, I was trying to delete this game from the outline, but uh, apparently <laughs> Lord Podcast wouldn't have of it. But it's really simple. <laughs> this is not 3D chess. Okay, it's the New England game, Foxborough, December. I know McPherson's a good kicker. I know Folk's a good kicker. And you always think of the Patriots as stalling out in the red zone anyway. They've been a horrible red zone offense. That could be good for fantasy. But I'm not going to have my game come down to one of these guys. I would love to take Graham Gano, widely available. He's got a long leg. He's playing indoors. I have Gano as kicker for this week. McPherson and Folk in a normal week would be top 10 kickers for me. I moved them both outside my top 10. I, again, I know it's kickers. I know some of you are probably playing in leagues that don't use kickers. I get it. But just give yourself a puncher's chance. Go to the warm weather and don't start either one of these kickers. And, and really, other than Ramon J. Stevenson, don't play either uh, anybody in the Patriots. I, I Somebody said zappy time on the yeah, um, Belichick um, is denied to name it. Mac Jones a starter. I mean, he's flat out denied to name him it. So you know what? At this point, the team's, on the team's going Bowl. nowhere. The team's going nowhere. That's, you know, the loss last week, didn't. I'm a New England guy, so it's like, oh, you know, one of my Raider friends was talking all this trash. I'm like, well, congratulations. Maybe your team will make it to the AFC 7th seed and get you know wiped off the map in week one. That, that's the Patriots' upside this year is maybe sneak in the playoffs and go nowhere. I'm so down on Mac Jones. I, I know Zappy you know, doesn't have the pedigree. He's shorter, but I, I, what's the PBI, Scott? Be, what's the what's could the he be Zappy any worse? <laughs> the problem is this offense is no. There's just you know if they retain the efficiency they have with Mac Jones, it's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, good point. Bailey, Bailey Zappy might have positive PBI. Let's That's what I was saying, way. 105%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going 105. Yeah. That's your yeah. Bailey Zappi PPI. If he's announced as the starter and Belichick, you're lucky he'll concede that there's a game on Sunday or Saturday. doesn't <laughs> want to tell you anything. But if they announce Zappi as the starter, I'm moving all my Patriots up cosmetically. Uh, yeah, from what? Like wide receiver 75 to wide receiver 72? Well, hey, a move, a move up is a move up. You know, you take what you can get. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nevertheless, you can't deny the facts of the situation here that they are moving up, that we've spent enough time on this disgrace of a New England Patriots, Matt Patricia offense. Let's move to the next game here. Another AFC East team, the Buffalo Bills, are going to Chicago. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Scott, it looks like a smash spot for get all your bills in the pool, except we only really care about two Buffalo Bills players. Yeah, it's, it's a whirlpool. It's not a swimming pool, right? It's, it's only room for Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Lately, Dawson Knox has spread his wings. You, you never, there's really no major upside for Devin Singletary. I have to play him in a league. And if you told me he could get like eight and a half points, I might take it right now. Because who knows? Maybe Cook will get involved. You know, McKenzie pops up like every five or six weeks. They lost Crowder a long time ago. I, and this could be a weather game as well. I I actually don't want to play. If the weather's bad, I don't want to play Knox either. It's a two-man Buffalo show for me. And I get you might be like me, pinched with Singletary. I, I don't, you know, in, in less competitive leagues or or maybe you're just shrewder than I am. You, you've got a better running back room. You don't have to play Devin Singletary. I'm not blessed with that. I mean, Singletary might be the best running back on my playoff team in that 20-team Charles Robinson league where he has Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. I mean, I'd say, I just hope his team comes in overconfident, right? I, I, I need a, I need to have a Cinderella story. I need the 30-point underdog win to be be mine. But uh, Buffalo, a major Super Bowl contender, and they have two fantasy players we can count on every week. Who knew? I'm desperate for another Dawson Knox game. I'm desperate. I need but, The so fact bad. that you're starting him, mean, I'm, I'm going to move him down about four slots. <laughs> I know. God, it's unbelievable how uh, you set your clock by it. You set your clock by it. Uh, Dalton, Khalil Herbert is back for the Chicago Bears. All the Bears want to do is run anyway, so uh, more we should get some work for him. Yeah, not a ton to add here on the Bears side other than let's see how many uh, touches Herbert takes away from David Montgomery. All the receivers are injured there. Even their number one, St. Brown, left last week on the first play of their the game. number so they, one, St. Brown. Just, not uh, the not not Amon Ra, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly. The uh the uh, lesser of the brothers. But um I will I know I promise not to get too much into weather, but I just want to second what PNL said. This game actually could have wind gusts up to 35 miles per hour and temperatures that feel like negative 10 degrees. So it could be pretty extreme there. This is one of the few to, to really pay attention to is this, this Bill's Chicago game. Dalton, have you ever seen snow before? I have, I'm a couple hours from, uh, from the snow actually. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not you... much of a skier. I'm a, more of a snowmobiler. My dad was. Yeah. That, I just but, know uh, you yeah. California boys, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it gets in the low 50s. You guys are probably reaching for a sweater, but yeah, yeah, a little bit true. different here. I am a few hours away, but yes. yes. You're generous, by the way. People in LA, at least, it's like, oh, in the 60s, you see people in puffers outside, and it's a, it's a quite a sight. What a weird city. Yeah, I actually have seasons where I live. Harmon does not. Yeah, he's yeah, the guy you should be giving a hard time. When I used yeah. to live in L.A., it's like, you know, two inches of rain. Stormwatch 2000. You know, oh, what don't, you need to know. <laughs> don't even get me started on people in the rain in this city. I'm not a born. I'm not born and bred L.A. I'm, I'm not from. I'm not Nobody from is. here. You're all transplants. Yes, but uh, yeah, it's still it's it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene when it rains in this city. It is not equipped. It's not equipped to handle anything. Let's just put it that way. All right. Before I get into uh, my thoughts on the power grid next here in L.A., let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're about to start slinging some mud here in some of these other games right after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, we're back. Raiders at Steelers. Scott, I love your note on this one. The Steelers are not losing on Franco Harris Day. 
Yeah, I'm going down on Narrative Street. I, I don't know about you, Dalton. I found this was a very difficult week against the spread. I don't have a lot of convictions with my picks, but the Steelers spotting less than a field goal to an ordinary Raiders team. Mike Tomlin still has them playing hard. They had a good win against the Carolina team. That is no punching bag last week, and the Steelers controlled that game. And Pittsburgh is a team, and what, they have four head coaches, I think, in their franchise history. I mean, the, the fans will come out. They'll be inspired. Tomlin will have the guys ready to go. I don't think the Raiders are anything special. I mean, obviously, you drafted Jacobs or Adams. You feel great. But, you know, this Raiders team is going nowhere. They're welcome to take the Jacoby Myers gift last week. But they've been pretty lucky with some of their wins recently, a couple overtime wins. I think the Steelers empty the emotional reservoir. I'm, I don't know what my five darts are going to be, but the Steelers are going to be one of them. And they're the one team I can give you with conviction because I— they're the one franchise that really feels like a family. I mean, a lot of these teams are just, it's mercenaries, guys come, guys go. The Steelers have so much continuity with Tomlin and, and such a great loyal fan base that I think it matters when something like, like Franco Harris passes and it was the day he was supposed to be honored. It's the anniversary of the Immaculate Conception, uh, Conception, Reception. Maybe there was a Conception that week too, I don't know, but um, the Immaculate Reception. Well, it's Christmas Steelers- time, Scott. It's all, it's all in the air. In fact, you know, I'm actually talking myself into it. Not only am I going to bet the Steelers for the game, I might actually bet them for the first half. I, I bet it's like 17 nothing Steelers at halftime or, or late in the second quarter. So I'm it's, it's narrative street. It's all emotional, and I know not everybody goes for that. But I think a big part of handicapping the NFL is the emotional ebbs and flows. And uh, this is the Steelers Super Bowl. They're not going to the playoffs, but they're going to play really well this week. Uh, I love that call. I'm going to tell you on that Steelers pick. Dalton, on the other side of it with the Raiders, uh, had a listener let me know uh, shout out to, I think it was Brent on Twitter. Let me know that after our, Austin and I discussed uh, Derek Carr and his outlook for Stanny Dimes uh, on the show, like apparently Derek Carr is like 0 and 5 in games with sub 10 degree or in, you know, like sub 10 degree weather, something like that. It's going to be cold there in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a, there's a California guy, a West Coast guy. Fresno going, guy. Yeah. Fresno guy, West Coast guy going uh, to the East Coast when it's going to be cold. These people don't know how to deal with weather, Dalton. Uh, how will the Raiders' passing attack uh, fare? In yeah, Pittsburgh? I'm with PL and I like the Steelers uh, against the spread here, but um, I like how that game script set up for a nice Devontae Adams bounce back, playing from behind the second half. They're going to have a hard time running against this Pittsburgh defense in Pittsburgh. Uh, Adams just faced, you know, coming off one of his worst, one of his worst games of the season, facing a Belichick defense that lived up to the cliche of shutting down the opponent's best player. Now, uh, you know, the Steelers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points. Two receivers. Adams has scored twice as many touchdowns when on the road this season than, than at home. So, yeah, fire him up in DFS lineups in this matchup. Uh, but outdoors, I hear you with Carr, but I think they'll be just whatever. If that if that leads to them playing from behind, then the volume will be there for Adams. Yeah, it was Brent uh, sent the, the exact stat is uh, Derek Carr is 0-5 in games under 37 degrees. Scott, they came and handle 37 degrees, high of 11 degrees on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Uh, that is an interesting one. Yeah, I think I'm going to fire up some some Derek Carr props uh, to the negative. He'll definitely throw an interception in that game. And I know he's generally a, a risk-averse quarterback. But again, Pittsburgh's going to have a 17-3 lead in this game. Mark my words. Yeah, I like that call there. All right, Commanders at 49ers, man. Um, I'm going to save Dalton here for a second. I know he's got a five-minute rant on CMC not making the Pro Bowl. We'll, we'll keep that in the holster for just a sec, uh, Triple D. But... Scott, I, I am I am desperate to know your answer to this question. Can we trust any commanders against the best defense in the NFL? And Rivera, Coach Rivera, 
By the way, if you haven't watched the video of uh, Ron Rivera telling the guys uh, who made the Pro Bowl, including uh, Jeremy Reeves making it with special teamers, you gotta you gotta check that out on on the Commanders Twitter. It was just an awesome video, and you know, just reminds you what a what a good guy Rivera is and how much those players love playing for him. And it's just very very cool. I would just recommend everybody checking out. But Rivera is even putting us like on potential Carson Wentz watch uh, this week, which I don't like, but. I could certainly see Heineke making a few mistakes against his defense, Scott. Yeah, I think it's a mistake to, even if he's close to maybe getting once in there, you don't want to mess with your quarterback's head, your quarterback's confidence. Heineke hasn't played well. I mean, the best thing you can say about Heineke is maybe he's been a little bit better than Wentz, but I don't like just planting that seed in Heineke's head. I, I'm going to be reactive, not proactive on every Washington guy. I, Robinson should have had the touchdown last week. They call that ticky-tack lineup penalty on the off-the-line of scrimmage penalty on McLaurin when he's communicating with the official and he seems to get the go-ahead. That's standard operating procedure at all levels of football for that outside receiver. You know, am I on the line of scrimmage? Yeah, you're good. Okay, fine. He's nowhere near the the, the play. He's nowhere near the, the action on that play. I just – it's so stupid. And, of course, just to make it look even worse, they have an egregious pass interference call that's ignored on fourth down – so Washington, they still needed to get the two-point conversion and punch in the touchdown if they had called that pass interference, but Robinson's touchdown should have counted on third down. None of this matters now. The Niners have the best defense in football. They have an offense that I trust. They'll play from a positive game script. Heineke's going to be under duress, probably turn the ball over a few times. You may not have the depth to bench pro baller Terry McLaurin, but um, I'm going to think about it. And I don't want to play Robinson. Antonio Gibson hasn't really been playable. It's a shame. Jahan Dotson, if they, why can't they have the Vikings this week, right? Talk about a rookie receiver, the slow-developing Polaroid. He looks terrific. And he, he actually might be the Washington receiver. If you have to play one of them, he might be a better player than than McLaurin right now for fantasy purposes. But I don't want to mess with these Niners defense. You know, they only beat Seattle 21-13. Didn't that game feel like 37-3? It didn't feel competitive to me. I know Seattle had a late touchdown to kind of tidy it up a little bit. But I think the Niners roll here. And I think the Niners can still go to the Super Bowl, even with their third-string quarterback. Co-sign basically everything you just said, Scott. Um, I'm definitely – I don't think I have got – if I've got a team with Terry alive, I don't think uh, I have uh, the depth to bench him. But, yeah, I'm like Dotson, I'd love to play Dotson, but the 15 targets the last two games, but I just really can't can't stomach it against this Niners D. Uh, Dalton, you're, the floor is yours to talk about the 49ers and, and the crime against Christian McCaffrey. To further how tough a matchup this is for Brian Robinson quickly, no running back has run for 60 yards against the Niners this season. That's especially bad news for Robinson, who has just 10 targets on the year. Uh, San Francisco has allowed just one touchdown to a running back since week seven. Opponents have the lowest run rate, 29% in Levi's Stadium this season. So yeah, it's an awful matchup for Robinson and, and McLaurin, I would try to sit if possible as well. Maybe well. those running backs can't get to the stadium. The traffic is so bad getting there that, that maybe these teams just don't arrive until the second half. So far it's away, also, too. It's also really impressive when a team has a great run defense and it's part of an overall defense. Like, for example, Tennessee's number one in rush DVOA, but they're so awful against the pass, you wonder if it's, a, it's part, that's kind of misleading, right? I mean, so what? You can't run against Tennessee, you just throw over the top of them. The Niners' defense is good at everything. D'Amico Ryan's, obviously, he's going to be interviewed liberally. He's going to be a head coach pretty soon but i yeah i think watch i like robinson's a player it's a great story of course but he's going nowhere this week yeah my parking pass it takes about a 30 minute walk to the stadium it's certainly not ideal there um i'll talk about george kittle washington has yielded the fewest fantasy points to tight ends so maybe that's why his salary is just 14 bucks in our yahoo dfs game he's getting a 21 percent target rate over the last 
two games with Purdy. There's no Debo Samuel. You look at the nerdy stats like uh, Washington's primary cover versus his uh, his yards per route run. It looks like it's wheels up for, for Kittle this week. Uh, I, and yes, I'd be remiss if I didn't say what a joke that McCaffrey did not make the Pro Bowl. Dude has 400 more yards from scrimmage than Miles Sanders. We don't have to get into the nerd stats there. 400 more yards from scrimmage, and he did snubbed for Miles Sanders. But um, but I regress. Uh, is the Pro Bowl even exist anymore? There's not even a game, right? Literally not a game. Is that correct? Something like that. Like Peyton Do they play Eli a game, or am I making that up? Or is there going to be a game, or am I making that up? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know if they play like, anymore. I. Let's talk about the real issue I'm concerned about. This is the third time in the outline Dalton used the rocket emoji. Uh, you, you're, you're like the, the baseball pitcher who's just throwing the same pitch over and over again. It's great if you're Mariano Rivera. You throw a cut fastball, nobody can hit it. Because it's copy and I, paste. It's not a laziness. It's a copy yeah, and paste. I just think you, you need a little Carmen. bit more. I don't know how to use these. Uh, the, you need a little bit more diversity. You have a couple of kids. You should be fluent in emoji by now. I know I should be, but uh, it's, a, it's a weak spot. But uh, a fair, Firm but fair, P&L. Firm but fair. Yeah, Dalton's a boomer. That's for sure. Uh, doesn't know how any of this stuff works. Hey, uh, Dalton, you say no, no Brian Robinson. Totally, totally not a, a personal question. Would you play Brian Robinson or Deion Jackson this week? Uh, I thought you were going to ask me Zach Zach Moss. It's funny. Um, if it's if it's PPR, easily Jackson, no brainer. Jackson, is it Jackson? Jackson? Yeah. It makes me want to puke. All right. Again, not a, not a personal question, though. Uh, Broncos at Rams. Speaking of makes you want to puke. Makes uh, you want to puke, yeah. This isn't even <laughs> hey, the lowest total. There, there's, there's games worse than this, apparently, Scott, according to what's, the Vegas what's over the, What's the PBI for Russell Wilson uh, replacing Brett Rippon? It's, it's the, the, my, my software can't handle it. It just it, like, <laughs> crashes the program. There's only one good thing about this game is that Cam Akers and um, Murray – Latavius Murray, the 47-year-old Latavius Murray, they both have really safe touch floors. They have 10 touches in their back pocket, even if the game gets out of hand, which it won't, and they can go up to 20 touches. Are they going to be efficient? They're probably going to average like 3.6 yards a carry, but whatever. Both these teams are probably looking at maybe one offensive touchdown, but you would think Akers and Murray both have a decent chance at grabbing said touchdown. They're... I'd be playing them again. I have, I have a team I may have to play some really ugly running backs. I would actually welcome Akers or Murray on, into my semifinal lineups. Oh, dude, I, I I filed my bold prediction on Latavius Murray this week. As long as he plays, he's I know he's mispracticed on Thursday, but um, I'm trying to manifest it because I need him to save my ass in the Jalen Hurts team that I'm missing. I'm like, I just hope Latavius Murray can give me another banger of a, of a week here. So I'm with you on this one, Scott. Uh, Rams run defense is starting to, to regress a little bit back to, you know, pr- there's no Aaron Donald. The, the season-long numbers still look good, but the Packers are able to get him on Monday night. Uh, Dalton, I did mention Russell Wilson is back who cares right well he threw the last two games before he went down with an injury 8.6 ypa at baltimore only produced uh, nine points but then the three touchdown passes against kansas city and last we saw him it was a brutal concussion he left but the blo- a bloody mess but maybe they kind of found something before he went down but um likely not and you're probably right who cares no. <laughs> i'm not ranking him as a top 25 fantasy option this week but uh just just note that he's back and he looked the best he had all season uh, the you know the the last two games leading up to his injury. Yeah, Cortland Sutton uh, is limited in practice. Sounds like he might get back out there, which is kind of a bummer for Jerry Judy, who'd been able to target the, to dominate the target uh, tree without him. You, Scott, did you say you had a Dulcich prop? It might should I be over Dulcich over Knox? Yeah, I was just trying to look it up. I, I don't see anything posted yet. Uh, which you know, you know, Vegas is worried about getting buried by Greg Dulcich's volume, but. <laughs> 
I will endorse. I think he's probably going to be in the twenties, and I'll endorse an over on that. Oh, great! I can't wait to get this tight end thing wrong again. Uh, all right, Texans at Titans. Oh, th- th- hey Scott, I got to ask you. Brian <laughs> Tannehill ruled out. Probably going to. It sounds like he's going to miss the rest of the season. What is the PBI for Malik Willis uh, re- <laughs> replacing to Brian Tannehill? Forty-five percent. Forty-five percent. They know how they're going to win this game. Derrick Henry just he he has two hundred yards getting off the bus against the Texans. They're just gonna they're gonna run Henry like crazy. We saw what they did earlier in the year. Somehow they got to overtime. The Titans did in a Willis game where he couldn't complete anything downfield. He had like four or five completions in that in that game. This will be this could be a game where the Titans throw for like thirty seven yards and they win anyway because Henry you know stomps all over everybody and maybe in fact Willis. The only thing I'll say about Willis is maybe his rushing prop might be worth it. You know, we know he's a good athlete. And it, this makes sense for the Titans. They're going nowhere this year. They may sneak into the playoffs. They may not. But they don't have any real upside. They might as well find out about Willis. Tannehill's not their long-term solution, so he might as well play. But Traylon Burks probably won't. With Willis in there, we can't play a Conquo anymore. Even Austin Hooper had, like, if he squinted, had maybe some value with Tannehill. He doesn't have it now. But I just feel – what. Let me ask you this: How what, how low would the number have to be if I made you? If I said you're getting a free like a hundred dollar Derrick Henry prop as a Christmas present, holiday present, how low would the number have to be where you'd actually bet the under or, or the? I mean, where where would the number have to be where you go? Yeah, he's not going to top that. Dalton, you first. Yeah, I mean, this setup looks so good. He's averaging 223 rushing yards, I think, the last four or five games against them. If the, the Texans defense has been playing better, and theoretically, they should be so obvious that they're coming with the run, but it'd have to be silly high, like 125 or something. <laughs> something. Absurd. I wouldn't even hesitate. I wouldn't even he- To me, 125 is like an injury prop. As, as long as Henry doesn't get hurt, he's going to I was thinking that. like 150, like 150 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are probably right. That's so high, though, really. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Malik Willis has averaged 13 pass attempts in his two starts, and it looks like it's his time here. It sounds like Tannehill might be done for the season. Uh, Jacksonville has officially surpassed the Titans as the favorites to win the division. Uh, Willis absolutely has long term fantasy upside given his rushing ability, which looks awesome. But man, it limits the whole pass. You can't you can't start any any. You don't think so. Oh, Oh, you question that, huh? I mean, it would be nice to see it in a in a non preseason game. Like we yeah, well, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. But these cases may look like it. a preseason game. This, this, you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> we got to bench the, all the, the pass Tex- catchers in Tennessee. You can never tell sure. if the Texans are playing their starters or not on offense, right? It's like, oh, wait, Jeff Driscoll? Oh, wait, Chris That's Moore? the best part is they've been pretty good these last two weeks, and it's like no Nico Collins, no Brandon Cooks, no Damian Pierce, and yet like now they're playing their best ball. I'm, but it's mostly – Dalton's right. We talked about it yesterday. It's mostly been on defense these last two weeks. Like they are hitting, they're hitting dudes. Like I hope – I hope Derrick Henry is ready to be getting in that ice bath like right after the game because he's going to get crunched in a couple of these spots. It I give Lovey Smith credit. He's at least at least the team's shown up, right? Oh I mean, yeah, they should have beaten they should have beaten Dallas. I don't know how that game got to overtime last week. I mean, the Chiefs were over 500 yards by the end of the day, and the the Texans were barely over 200. That should have been a blowout, but at least they haven't given up. You know, they they really should have beaten the Browns. They should have won the Deshaun Watson game. But you have three return touchdowns, which is just a, one of the flukes of the season. That I think that was the highest defensive special team score of the year, of the fantasy year, was that that week where the Browns somehow scored three times. Yeah, the best part is, not that it, it doesn't matter uh, for a damn bit with this Texans like management, David Culley, uh, they were they beat the Chargers. Remember last year, uh, like they beat the Chargers forty-one to twenty-nine in Week uh, sixteen. They won in Week fifteen against the Jags. They lost to the the San Francisco 49ers on on January second. Uh, but then uh, they 
barely they a field goal win against the Titans in, in week 18, and they still fired him after one season. So Lovey Smith got these guys playing hard. He might still get fired uh, at the end of the season. Two one-and-done coaches. What a hilarious thing there. Malik Willis, one thing I will say about, you know, maybe – he might throw the ball a little bit better in these spots. Not that I would get, I wouldn't play him in fantasy. I wouldn't get excited about anything here, but last time we saw Malik Willis trailing Burks was out. I think Burks sounds like he's probably going to make his return in this game. Right. And um, some of those like go balls that he was throwing a Chris Conley and these other, you know, goofballs uh, against Kansas city and that start like Burks can at least win on those plays. So that might be, it would be, I am interested to see what their connection looks like. Uh, even if I'm not excited about the pass. And now he has the, 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 the tight end leader in yards per route run to throw to as well. Chig. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got Chig too. I, I'm, I'm unfortunately got to play. I, not only do I got to play Knox over Dulcich, uh, Scott, I've also got to play Knox over Chig, uh, with Malik Willis in there. So, Unfortunately, I can't get I cannot get Dawson Knox out of my life. This is like the hundredth time I've brought him up on the podcast. Falcons at Ravens. Next game up here. Dalton. Uh, Scott, what actually Scott, what's the PBI on Tyler Huntley for uh, Lamar Jackson? Dalton just has on the outline. Is Tyler Huntley terrible? Yeah, we're like looking at like 50 percent. Huntley didn't play that poorly last year, but he's looked like he just met his team five minutes before kickoff this season and nothing's worked right. To, to be fair, we talked a little bit before the show about how poorly the Ravens stocked their receiver room. They thought Bateman was going to have a breakout year. He got hurt. That's bad luck. But not having adequate pieces alongside Bateman or behind him, that's just poor planning and, and unusual for a Ravens front office that usually is pretty smart uh, they just let hung out Lamar Jackson the dry and, and now it's it's hung out Huntley to dry too Huntley's played poorly let's, let's not mince words about that but what an ugly receiver room and they did a really poor job in the offseason they did nothing during the season when you can do teams make trades now receivers do change teams sometimes and the Ravens I think really blew it for a team that's headed to the playoffs that has no downfield there's no verticality of this offense well at least they got Sammy Watkins in the building though <laughs> Sammy Watkins. The cheese, Something. Scott. The cheese has gone bad on Sammy Watkins. Oh, it's, it's gone past going bad. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's, it's like hurting the resale value of the house at this point. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. But Scott, you do, you brought up Drake London on the outline before I throw it to Dalton here. Uh, Marcus Peters listed out for this week. Um, Calais Campbell listed out for this week. It's I, The targets have been there for Drake London. I feel like this could be a week that the production is there as well. Yeah, Desmond Ritter didn't show much in his debut, but at least they got London going, and he's he's the clear number one. I, I feel confident that he'll have, and this is not an easy thing to do with Arthur Smith, but I feel confident that London's going to get you seven or eight targets. So he has a puncher's chance against the Baltimore secondary that's beaten up. So you have to withstand the Ritter part of it. I mean, it may be a case of you could roster London and maybe start him this week. Maybe you don't want to watch it. I think as per snap-to-snap basis, Atlanta loves to have run-heavy packages, but I do think the target share will be good enough for London that he's quasi-playable as like you know, high-end wide receiver three. Yeah, it's a good call. Dalton, Baltimore offense, disgusting. Yeah, on one hand, Huntley definitely impressed at times last year, and he dealt with the COVID without with missed a whole week of practice and had to play so you could excuse his poor finish. But on the other, you look at his one monster fantasy game against the Packers, and it was a big rushing performance and 5.4 yards per attempt passing, and he's been absolutely brutal this year, albeit against a pretty tough schedule, Denver at Pittsburgh at Cleveland, and he has horrible receivers. But, you know, here in the fantasy playoffs at home against Atlanta, given his rushing equity, you want to start him, but looking at that, his passing ability, it's tough too. He might, he might just be terrible. He might be, have been undrafted for a reason in the NFL. 
Yeah, there was like weird buzz after he had that Packers game. Like, oh, maybe he could be a starter. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like the whole league missed him, you know, not drafting him. But it looks like the more game film and the more tape, it looks like they were originally right. Yeah, like he might be a fine backup in this type of offense that is a a bad offense, a poorly designed offense anyways. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm out on the whole Tyler Huntley experience. Saints at Browns. Do Dalton, do we have to get out uh, from everybody here because of the wind? I'll tell you what, like, you know, Juwan Johnson, he's been scoring touchdowns. We know that. Rashid Shahid, I think that guy can play a little bit. I was actually excited about him potentially as a sleeper in this matchup because Chris Olave is a little banged up. But the wind, bro, tell us, put on your weatherman hat, Dalton. Tell us what, tell us what we got. It's supposed to be cold. Could be up to 50 mile per hour gusts. So just just horrible. Yeah, I know you want to start your guy, uh, Amari Cooper, at home. But Watson has oh not God. been great. Alvin Kamara had ran fewer routes than David Johnson last week. He's basically had all his production at home as well. So even though it looks favorable against the Browns defense, allowing the most EPA per rush, it's a tough one there, especially with Taysom Hill becoming a bigger part of the rushing offense. So Kamara's targets have declined. Yeah, Johnson in a tight end situation is so ugly, maybe because his maybe his routes are not the A dots lower in the wind. But I, I mean, I'm in the league with a super flex. You could start multiple three quarterbacks actually and i'm considering just sitting andy dalton here for a, for a skill position player uh because of this weather i mean it's really really rough especially for all pass catchers involved uh scott you questioned pff secret sauce a few weeks ago not to put you up against another metric did you know that andy dalton is pro football focus's fifth highest graded quarterback on the year fifth just in terms of pure passing in terms of pure passing, he's second graded only behind Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm not all that surprised by that. Um, my Breakfast Table podcast partner, Michael Salfino, brought up a couple of weeks ago that Dalton was actually having a much better season than most people thought. If you look at this is, you know, more of a back of the football card thing. But if you look at like his all of his indexed metrics on pro, on pro football reference, where 100 is average. Okay, yards per attempt, he's at 112. Um, quarterback rating, 112. Sack rate, 107. Interception rate, 101. Touchdown rate, 112. Completion percentage, 109. These are all over the league average. I never would have guessed it because I I, just, I remember that one game that was against Seattle, I want to say, where he threw like 17 pick sixes and it looked like he'd never Arizona. play again. And it was actually, Arizona, that's right. That's right. With a great... That great photo of the Arizona defender flying <laughs> into the end zone while Andy Dalton was walking off, you know, disconsolate, but had me pining for Jameis Winston. But none of this really matters. The wind is gusting in Cleveland. The over-under has been buried into the low 30s. You never see that in the NFL. And, and Jawan Johnson, somebody I think a lot of us wanted to play. He's got seven touchdowns on his last 21 catches. So you say, yeah, okay, touchdown regression. That's unsustainable. But I also say when the team finds an easy button, they keep pressing it. So I, I would think if they do score a short touchdown, it's probably going to be to Johnson. We know it's not going to be to Alvin Kamara. He's got touchdowns in one game this year. He went off against the Raiders. He's scoreless against the rest of the NFL. He doesn't look that explosive to me. And for whatever reason, the Saints can't wait to play his backups. They can't wait to I play know. Ingram or David Johnson. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Deuce McAllister to come out of retirement and get nine touches in this game. I, I think the Saints have soured on Kamara a little bit. And the matchup isn't, you know, it would be good and on a clean track and everything. It's not going to be. 13 points may win this game. 17 points will win this game. I cannot play anybody. Pro Even Nick Chubb's banged up. Hopefully he'll get cleared by game day. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, I've been playing a lot of Peoples-Jones this year, backing off that. I can't play Cooper in DFS. 
I, I, I certainly don't trust Deshaun Watson. I, I don't think he's played well at all. I think he's played poorly all three games, and they probably should have lost all three games. I, I thought Baltimore outplayed them slightly last week. When do you see Justin Tucker miss on a couple of field goal attempts? One of them was blocked, but that's just you don't see that every day. But uh, I don't trust either one of these teams right now, and I think it'll be a very low-scoring game. And just one of those games that you're like, oh, I don't remember red zone going to the, to the Brown Saints game. Or, or if you have that eight box up, you won't be watching this game a lot. It'll be a lot of punting, a lot of running. The game will end 25 minutes earlier than everything else. There's nothing that really, don't be cute with this game. Just, just ignore it like we're trying to. Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't remember a total this low ever in the NFL. And a couple more uh, Camara stats for you. He's averaging 122 yards from scrimmage at home, 59 on the road. Um, he's lost more fumbles, this twice as many fumbles as he had his entire career this season, four, than he scored touchdowns this year. Just three, as PNL mentioned, all in one game. He hasn't seen a carry inside the five-yard line since week eight. I mean, it's just it's just bizarre usage there. And uh, Andy Dalton, by the way, uh, the passing attack, he hasn't attempted more than 30 passes in a game in any of his last seven games. So, and now you're looking at the worst matchup outdoors in this weather. So it's not great if you're relying on Saints this weekend. Mm, not great indeed. Uh, the Bucks haven't been great all year. They are our Sunday night uh, preview here. They're going to Arizona. Uh, Scott, the, did you get us an official calculation on the Kyler to Colt PBI and then the Colt to McSorley PBI? By the way, I just want to back up what Dalton said about the over-under um, from the previous game. I, I just did a quick search on pro football reference, and believe it or not, there's actually been nine times where an NFL total has been 30 or under uh, in the last 30 years, uh, most of them in the 90s, but there was a, a Buffalo. I'm assuming a lot of these were, were bad weather games at Buffalo, at New England, at Philadelphia, at Chicago. The lowest I see is 28, uh, New England, Indianapolis, in 1993, that was a really bad Patriots team. I think the first Bill Parcells season, Bledsoe's rookie year. So, uh, it usually weather comes into play. It still doesn't change the fact that it's a really, it's a really low total and a really gross game. Uh, you want McSorley PBI? You want McCoy PBI? The problem is Kyler Murray wasn't playing well. I I'm going to say 40% for McSorley. The only thing I really like in our, I know that Hopkins is generally um, quarterback proof, but. I'm a little bit nervous on Hopkins. I've at least moved him down. You probably have to start him. I would not start anybody else in this passing game. At least James Conner never comes off the field. He'll be he'll play 90% or plus snaps. I mean, he looks at when Ingram wants to come on the field, you know, Connor just like waves him off like out of here. It's my backfield. So he's gonna do the James Conner. He's gonna have 18 carries for 55 yards. He's gonna have like four catches for like 19 yards and a touchdown. And he'll be running back 12. And you'll never feel like he ever played well. You'll never feel like Arizona was watchable. You'll hate yourself for watching this game. And yet James Conner will somehow contribute fantasy value despite all the grossness around him. Uh, Dalton, how about on the other side, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield? Yeah, I'm just curious how the touches will continue to, to shake out there. Rashad White had back-to-back -back games with the lost fumble before last week. He secured the football, and then Fournette botched a, a snap with Brady, who somehow finished with four turnovers. They split their touches totally evenly, 14 to 13. This should be a nice—I think you can use both in this matchup against Arizona with the game script that should— should have Tampa Bay playing with the lead in the second half. But yeah, I'm curious how Fournette and White's uh, divvy up their playing time down the stretch. I saw a stat from Hayden Winks the other day. I just looked it back up again. There are 57 qualifying running backs in yards after contact yeah, per carry. The Bucks are the Bucks backs are 56th and 57th per Pro Football Focus. So, what a duo! What an yeah. offense they got there in Tampa Bay. 
just horrible. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough season, and yet they're in the right division. Then you know they're just going to beat the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs too. But uh, yeah, it's been a bizarre year. Oh God, how miserable will that be? All right, Monday Night Football last game we got here: Chargers at Colts. Uh, Dalton, you you talked about Zach Moss a little bit earlier. Uh, wh- where is the like? confidence level with a guy like Zach Moss and which should be a good matchup at the same time though you know I could see the Chargers blowing the doors off the Colts here not that they ever, they never blow the doors off anybody but if they did that would be more Deion Jackson than Zach Moss totally true you're relying on game script here but um man Jackson lost a fumble with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter only played two of the 17 snaps after uh, Zach Moss played all eight in overtime ended up with 24 carries it's a good matchup but absolutely game script could could turn this into a Deion Jackson game. So just kind of depends on on your needs and your, what risk here because absolutely game script could factor here. But right now, Zach Moss is the feature back for the Colts, a t- Colts team that theoretically wants to run the ball. So he's a viable option if you need him in, in a matchup here that I expect to be close. Chargers as, as favorites, I mean, that never ends well. I expect this game to be competitive. <laughs> so maybe I'm off base here. I, Zach Moss is not a special player. But I, I, I'm squinting and kind of treating him as like my RB24 this week. But maybe I'm being too optimistic. And maybe I'm being too optimistic. I'm going to give Nick Foles 95 PBI, basically a Matt Ryan clone, mm. which means I guess Michael Pittman's still in play. I, I see it's interesting. He's ranked between 23rd and 27th on the four Yahoo rankers, and his industry rank is right in that neighborhood as well. So uh, lower end run uh, wide receiver two, a higher end flex, but still playable. A game you don't have to worry about whether the game script would probably line up. We know you can throw, you can move the ball in the Chargers. Usually you do it more on the ground than through the air, but I, I don't think Foles is any different than Matt Ryan at this point. So I'm still going to play Pittman with the general confidence I, I have. I mean, he hasn't, he's been a minus player based on where his ADP went. We thought, we thought he was going to have a breakout season. He hasn't. A lot of it's because of the pieces around him haven't worked out, but I still think you're starting. Pittman in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, it definitely would seem that, I don't know, it would seem that like Nick Foles, in the past, he's been a guy that could get, like, could would push the ball down the field. Whether he could do it or not is a totally different question. I mean, you know, whether it would be successful, but he's definitely, he's definitely extremely pocket statue esque. Uh, is old Nick Foles there? I'm just looking back at his. Uh, well, I mean, 20- what's what Matt Ryan? He's basically, you know, he's just another version of Matt Ryan, right? He's a poor man's Matt Ryan, or may- maybe just a discount, like a coupon clipping Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, again, this is stupid to do because you know it's it's Nick Foles, like, and it's 2020. But his air yards were per attempt were at least like 8.02, which is much higher than anything we've gotten from old. Uh, you know, any uh, from freaking old Matt Ryan at any point this year. So I don't know. Maybe we get him to push. Like Michael Pittman has four targets of 20 plus yards all year long. Four. Wow. One, two, three, four. That is so bad. So maybe Foles gets him his fifth. Hopefully. Yeah. BDN and BCB starting the same weekend. What a world. Oh, well, Merry Christmas to us. All right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is good times guys good times yeah great stuff shout out to both you guys hell of a show uh merry christmas to everybody happy holidays hope you enjoy the weekend uh hope you see as little of broncos colts as you possibly can unless you really just don't want to spend that time with your family it is what it is all right that's going to do it for us uh if you want to call yourself a sharp fantasy player how are you not following at Scott underscore Pianowski and at Dalton Del Don on Twitter? We actually got a native Dalton Del Don tweet 
this morning. Oh, wow. We love to see it. Uh, you can and should also, I guess, be following me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and at Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, the jokes will at least be on fire from the Yahoo Fantasy account during the games. Scott will be back with me on Monday with a recap of the game's uh, programming note, though. I should say our recap is not going to be available Monday morning. We are taping Monday morning. Uh, that's a good note for me to add here. So it might be out a little bit later than usual since we're not going to record on Sunday night uh, because it's holidays, people, for God's sake. Give me a break. All right. Until then, we're out.